I'm back because I had a thought as I was sitting here putting together more for um, the Esau, the Esau episode. Yeah, I pray I get it out. Hopefully today. I really want to get it out, but I really want to do it justice because there's so much to kind of connect and piece together, even from the books that are missing, the books that are there, and the Apocrypha and stuff like that. So I was thinking about um, how else to bring home the point of these, these fallen angels or these watchers or whatever you want to call them, the ones who originally left their um, first estate and came down here. So I also talked about um, movies like Twilight, right? Was it Twilight where um, it was Bella and Edward and, and Bella was a human woman where you had some kind of a fallen being or some kind of a, of a demonic state of a being. It's not a godly being. A vampire could never be a, a godly being, okay? Because it's, it's not... It's not normal. You know what I'm saying? It's not of God. God did not create that or nobody births that naturally. That's, that's two human beings, a human male or a human, a human female. So, um, again, even in the sense of vampirism, you get the person gets bit. They have to, to, to suffer a, a form of a death, but then they suffer a rebirth that's not of God. You see, that resurrection is not of God. The resurrection is from the power of the devil. And so you have, like I tell you, that pet cemetery kind of a... Uh, uh, walking Dead situation going on. So then I thought about, what else could I say or whatever? Because there's so many movies, but they, they always escape me. And I thought about um, The City of Angels. Now, if you remember The City of Angels, you remember uh, Nicolas Cage uh, plays the angel named Seth. Okay? An angel who wanders the Los Angeles area, invisible to humans. Okay, And um, he becomes... I guess you could say curious, but then he meets Maggie, who plays um, Meg Ryan, who he becomes drawn to. So you see in, in Genesis 6 where it says, um, and, 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 and the sons of God, that would be Seth in the movie. So are the daughters of men, that would be Maggie in the movie, and that they were fair and they wanted to be with them. But at this point in the Bible, the angels had already fell. Now, in this movie, it's depicting a good angel who's doing his job the way he's supposed to. But like I say, angels and human beings have free will. God did not program anybody or manipulate anybody or brainwash anybody. You know what I mean? Like he got plenty, even in his heavenly army right now. He really don't need, but he loves us enough to welcome back, uh, welcome us back in. Okay, especially because the promise he made to Abraham. So now my point is you have a good angel who did, who, who still has, who still has free will to choose what he wants to do, good or bad. But in this current situation, he is still in a good standing with God, okay? He still has his powers, and he's still all right. He doesn't feel pain, doesn't feel anything. It's immortal. But once he falls in love with this woman, Meg Ryan, and he has these experiences with her, sometimes invisible or whatnot or whatever, he decides that he wants to be with her, if you remember the name of the story. And so he wanted to know how he could be with her. And he had a black angel friend who, you know, who advised him, and they told him, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, or whatever. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, it's not for you to do. You know, like, it's not right and all that. You know what's going to happen and all this. So what does he do? He, as an angel having the free will, makes his choice to fall from heaven, to fall from grace. And in the movie, the director shows you that. You know, that, that, you know when, when you're watching movies and you're watching things and you're reading narratives and you're reading books and stuff, you have to remember there's a message or something that the person wants you to see. And he didn't specifically make the angel ask for a wish from God or somebody to say, fine, forget it. You're no longer an angel. You're now a fallen angel. That's not what he did. What he did was he showed, he showed Nicolas Cage, Seth, the character of the angel, falling, leaping off some high, very, very, very high point, diving straight down to earth, right? And then, boom, he hits the earth. And as soon as he hits the earth, he can feel everything. He feels pain. He hit it. He's not an angel anymore. He fell. You see? The only way he could be with that woman is one to be fallen. So the people, the ones that came and mixed with women in the Genesis 6 and 4 had already fell. They already decided, you know, because in the garden, they, the fate was already sealed. By the time the serpent is in the garden, by the time you're walking into Genesis in the garden, the, 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 the um fight in, in, in heaven had already happened. Lucifer had already been casted out. His one-third had been casted out with him. They snuck into the garden and so forth and so forth. By Genesis 6, um, the one-third are running around here. They want to be with the women. They take them. They've already fallen. So like I said, in order for him to be with the woman, he had to fall. No no angel, no mortal, no real immortal angel can be with no woman human. It was never meant to be that way and it's abomination. 
So he had to fall from grace. So it made me think of that. And then I decided to go to Enoch and read you all or share with you again some thought-provoking things. That's all I'm trying to do here about these angels and what happened when they when they fell. I did read some of this brief, uh, briefly before. Um, and that was in a previous episode, but I wanted to kind of revisit that today. So let me see. Okay, so this is the book of Enoch. I'm in First Enoch, which is the Ethiopic book of Enoch. Now, remember, I told you Ethiopia had, been, had a copy of this book. They also have this, um, the Hebrew book of Enoch, which is Enoch 3 and Enoch 2. So he wrote three books. So this is from the First Enoch, the Ethiopian book of Enoch, chapter 7. It says, and all of them together, this is the fallen angels, and all of them together went and took wives for themselves, each choosing one for himself. And they began to go in to them and to defile themselves um, with them, meaning that they had sexual relations. Verse two, and the angels, the ones that fell, the angels taught them charms and spells and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. Now, I'm again, and the angels taught them. Who is them? Well, it just says right here in verse one that they all together went and took wives for themselves, each choosing one for himself. And they began to go into them. Them is the women. They began to go into the women, defiling themselves with intercourse with the women. So when they says, and the angels taught them charms, they're talking about the women. This is how we understand to know where witchcraft came from, from women bringing dark magic into the world. The first witches of the world came from or were the mothers of the giant beings or the Nephilim giant race that they had when they mingled and created seed with the fallen angels of God, something that should have never happen. And these beings were demonic. Like I said, they were not of God, so they did not have godly spirits. They had satanic spirits in them, and there was nothing good that came from them. So in verse 3, it says, And the women became pregnant, and they bare large giants whose heights were 3,000 L's or cubits. Then it says, The giants consumed all the work and toil of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. Okay? This is what I'm trying to tell you is that it wasn't godly. I use Pet Cemetery all the time as an example because when they came back, because that resurrection would have it was not of God, it was not of the Holy Spirit. That power came from the dark when it came from the, the ruler of this world, which the Bible is very clear that God's kingdom has not here yet. Yes, his power is still here, his spirit's still here. That's why you have miracles and things of that nature. And of course, with the saints, us praying every day, and you know, of course it's still here. You know, as a matter of fact, the world is still here because we are still here, because he is still here, as far as using us through the world. Okay, to 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 for his glory, to waken the people. Now when they come back, like the pet cemetery thing, the, the animals were always vicious. They could kill you even if it was a cat. It could, it could take you out. They put the little baby boy in, remember? And I think the second one, that was so scary. The little baby boy came out and he, and he sounded just like a baby and so cute. And everybody was happy to see him but still scared but still hypnotized at the outer appearance that the baby boy is alive because everybody was so sad. The little baby boy had got hit by a damn near a, a Mack truck, a damn 18-wheeler. You understand? I was very traumatic for them. When he wanted so much for the boy to come back, they told him, don't put him in the ground. But when they came back, because that's man. Man don't listen. They don't want, they don't, can't understand things. They take things into their own hand. That's, a, that's also the symbolism of the And they brought it back. The whole point is you could try to bring back whatever you want to, whether you clone it. Hello, government, because that's the government trying to do that. And they have to bring back uh, Nimrod, the Antichrist, okay? Because it has to be a half human and a half, a half um, thing. And I don't know that they're going to born them because I don't think that the ones that are, I think the ones that are still half and half, because there's people walking around here, they're counterfeit human beings. They're not real. We're going to talk about that extensively because some of you don't even know. I feel like I see them walk around in my city all the time. But the point is the giants turned against them and devoured mankind, pet cemetery stuff, okay? And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. See, 
do you hear what they began to sin against birds and beasts now how do you how could you sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and devour one another's flesh and drink the blood not only did they this is why god didn't just kill humans but it said the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field because if you think about it you say well how do birds and the beasts come into this how is reptiles involved with our sins they don't have to go by no book everything they do is instinctive by nature you understand? So how would they have be? Why would they poor the animals have to? Um, because the animals of those days had got manipulated. Okay, there was DNA mutilation. I'm telling you, that's how you got your little mermaids and, and, and your little uh, what you call it? your little centaurs. You see the centaur, I'm a Sagittarius, and my uh, being thing is probably like the only human I think next to the no, I would say the Virgo. Or the Aquarius is somebody with water or something. I'm not sure, but it's the human, half human on top with the horse. Uh, on the bottom, or you see how you have like Baphomet, he got he got the human body with the goat leg. Like you know, you see, I get we used to get weird myth mystical creatures like that that they tell you was mythical and they were mystic and you know. But then when you, but you still have people to this day that if they go to certain parts of the ocean, they see weird creatures that uh, actually live beneath the sea, like a whole another yeah. Cause God ain't never made no mermaid and crap. That's an abomination. Oh, and mermaids are evil. They're not actually supposed. They're not actually um as nice as a little mermaid would actually have you to believe if you read the original book of peter pan you'll find out that um anywhere and even in pirate stories and sailor stories of exploration days when they used to write and document and these people weren't crazy they, all they did was captain's log captain's log captain's log um they were evil they were pirates oh the only movie that actually shows how evil mermaids are is pirates of the caribbean i cannot remember which, but you got to remember, those were the days of sailing. Those were the days of pirates. There was a lot of stories that was documented and written. For crying out the pirates were real people. Now, they would go into the ocean and they would be hearing singing. It's the same thing in Peter Pan. And, and, and uh, they would hear singing and they would go in and they would see them. And they, the women are beautiful from up top. There's something about a glow of their stare or whatever that's really beautiful. And then you get trapped in their stare. And as they get closer to you, you just feel like you can't seem to get. And then they, they get real demonic and evil and they snatch you down under. Okay, and that's how you find out. I found the what that mermaid attack in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, yeah, that's 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 the reality of it. But to children and to everybody else, that's how you know that it was a satanic created being. So those things had to go as well. Now, of course, they wouldn't have died. They those types would not have um, died in the flood. Because they're of the water, which is why underwater still has a lot of under um, um, creatures that will never see that probably still live then that still live now because how could the water kill them? It's mostly we don't live in the water, so let them stay there and we're going to stay over here. So um, it says in chapter 8, um, verse 1, that Azazel, now Azazel was the name of one of like the chief demons or fallen beings that left with Satan or Lucifer. And it says, Azazel taught men to make swords, knives, and shields. He also taught them how to make breastplates and taught them about metals of the earth and the art of working them. He taught them about bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony and the beautifying of the eyelids and all kinds of precious stones, and all the coloring of dyes. Okay, so not only did they, in verse 2 of chapter 7, I told you they taught the women, the first witches of the world. Listen to what it says. It says they taught the women charms, they taught them spells, cutting of roots. That doesn't sound like witchcraft to you, and acquainted them with plants. Okay, which all different plants isn't just for healing and medicine. Different plants is, is for drug usage. Or some kind of um, spell usage, okay? Now, you also have now in chapter 8, verse 1, Azazel, one of the seasoned, uh, wicked, fallen angels, teaching men things like weapons, armor. When they say um, bracelets and ornament, that's jewelry and accessories. And now we, I can see why the Bible say, they used to be like, oh, you're not supposed to wear gold. It does say that you're not supposed to do that because these things and these lusts and these desires will make you do things to one another, harm one another. Then they give you swords and knives. I mean, you might as well just had a bunch of children that just said, hey, here, here's a gun. Here. You, do you understand what they did? You, if you think about it. You want to see what you'd be like, okay, first I wanted a wife, but now I'm going to treat you. I'm going to teach you dark magic. They know good and well. They was on the good side. They know good and damn well what it's going to do to them. They want to take you out. Here, play with that. Now you're a witch. 
Oh, you on? You, you on? Yeah, y'all so good. And so, oh, look at this diamond. Look at diamonds. Look at rubies. They're like, oh, look at metals. Look what you could do. Let's make a knife. You see what you could do with this knife? Now men get mad at each other. They're looking at this one with a diamond and a ruby. This one might stab someone and go steal the ruby. You understand what you're saying? You got makeup. They said the beautifying of the eyelids. <laughs> I'm going to talk now about how deceitful makeup has become. Um, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm really thankful to the Most High God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that I have been freed for the mindset that I was once in as a black woman who might have been confused about beauty because I looked at a lot of European images and wore, um, you know, weaves and braids and a lot of things of that nature. But I have been, um, you know, came out in my natural self in a long time and have learned to just accept me. It took a while because I was wearing all that stuff for a while. So when I took it off, I didn't feel like myself. But in the time of finding myself, um, I never wore a lot of makeup except for when I was doing some light modeling when I was right before college or at, in college, but then school became more important and I stopped. And now it's just something really light, maybe an eyeliner or something. But I'm sure we all see or hear about people having their fates beat to the gods. And then when they say to the gods, they shouldn't even be saying that because little G means demons. Hello, somebody. And look how they said the demons is the one that gave the beautify, beautif beautifying of the eyelids. All right. So. I was just watching a YouTube video. I put it in the story today for the page, the President of the Lord, where they were showing the transformation of this young boy who um, went and put in a, a lace front wig. And then I'm telling you the power of makeup today and how advanced it's gotten. You can be any shade you want. There's people I've seen a, a YouTube video where the guy just simply used makeup and he turned himself from um, from um, crazy eyes and an orange and a little black. Maybe he's like an Indian descent man complexion to to a tan brown like Beyonce. All he did was keep changing the wigs and his makeup. He was just that skill of a makeup artist that he blend the heck on and he knows which foundations to put and enough layering of it. And from the face up, he could do that. He could contour the nose and he could do that. And all of a sudden, it was like a completely different person. So makeup is extremely deceitful. And one of the things that, on uh, one of the cultures that uses makeup a lot was the Babylonian empires, and especially like um, I want to say the Egyptian empires with the eyelid. Okay, so you see how it says the beautifying of the eyelids. So you see how the Egyptians would do them, and they do it to this day. You see how like the winged eyeliner look and all that that dark stuff. But they would have man, they had some serious eye makeup going on, you know, and that gives a different appearance and illusion. You know what I'm saying? And that will draw you in. And sometimes people are so caught up in such a beautiful, pretty face. And how many men joke and say they go to the club and they met a girl and they might have took her home or whatever, or maybe the lights came on at the end of the night and then they're looking at her, but nine out of 10 is the next day, like after all is said and done and the rolling in the sheets and the hay and the alcohol wears off and the drugs wear off and you're kind of sober now, you take a look in the good lighting and you start to realize, oh, oh my gosh. And then you're like, well, how does she, you know, you want to, some days, some people say they want to chew their arm off and get the heck out of there. Because they're just like, what did I do? But then there's just some people who are with people like that. They met them that way. They meet them later on, get to know them and realize they don't look that way at all. And it takes them like three hours in the morning just to put that face on. So you can't deny that uh, makeup, you know, doesn't deceive people, especially with the guys who pretend to be women that aren't. And um, they're not maybe doing this in everyday life, but especially on social media where you can just trick somebody. So now you got this um, good hair like this young boy had. The makeup was amazing. I'm telling you, if I didn't see the beginning and I just saw like a snapshot picture and it just came up on my feed and it wasn't like a full video for me to like really take a good look because I can spot them now. Uh, believe me, I would have said, OK, it's just a really made up woman, like somebody who just, you know, watched a lot of YouTube tutorials and just like, no. You know, it's truly a man. So <clears throat> it says in chapter 8, verse 2, there was great impiety. They turned away from God and committed fornication, and they were led astray and became corrupt in all their ways. Um, Samjaza, another one, another uh, named demon, taught the casting of spells, root cuttings, um, counter spells, release from spells. Do you understand why it's dark now? Why the Lord says stay away from psychic medium, stay away from soothsayers, stay away from your little voodoos and your obia and your santeria and your, and your charm and you and and throw your soul over the shoulder. And you, you understand what I'm saying? Then it says one, one of them thought of astrology. Now the astrology that uh, Barakiel, and notice that his name is Barak. Don't, don't think that's a, I'll talk about that in another reason, in another episode. And there's another Barak in the Bible. We'll talk about that somewhere else and why, why names mean something. And y'all and and president that left recently, um, Obama. But Barak thought astrology, 
They also taught constellations. Are you, are you hearing this? And this is the type of stuff that you would want to give. You don't give stuff like that. It's like they gave you too much at once. You understand what I'm saying? You wouldn't let your, you wouldn't let your kids assume by the time they turn a certain age, like six, be like, well, here's a cigarette and here's alcohol and here's the keys to the car. And do you understand what I'm trying to say? And here's a gun and also a knife and, and, and play with these matches. Do you understand what they did? Here, go play with these matches and take the scissor and run with it as well. And also, it's like they damn sure set us up to fail because you did it all at once. Now, if some of you are hearing this and you think that, oh, they're so nice. They gave us all these pretty gifts. This is why we're so materialistic and we're looking and we're chasing after Benjamins. And, and if somebody steps on my J's in the club, I'm shooting them up before the end of the night because you, how dare you step on my Now you want to know where it came from. It didn't come from God. A lot of these influences is not of God. Then you want to know why they don't put these books in it. Then it says, and Arachiel, the signs of the earth, Shesamiel, the signs of the sun, the, the courses of the moon. And as men perished, um, meaning perished from all the new knowledge. You see, the knowledge they keep giving them is bad. The knowledge in the garden wasn't good, right? You see, when Satan gave them that knowledge, was it good? That's what I'm trying to help somebody. That's why when they're leaving the psychics, when they're talking to them, oh, it's not always clear. It's not you because, you, hello, it's not a... If you was talking and really hearing from a true, a holy, the Holy Spirit, the true voice of God, okay, you, you would get it clear. As a matter of fact, they say, you know, prophet, but about things they say is going to come to pass. But anyhow, it says in chapter 9, um, or at the end of chapter 8, the men perished because of all this new knowledge. They cried, and their cries went up to heaven. And in verse 9, we see that Michael, Uriel, Raphael, and Gabriel, or Gabriel, Looked down from heaven and saw much blood being shed on the earth and all lawlessness being done on earth. And they said to each other, let the cries from the destruction of earth ascend up to heaven's gates. Because you got to remember, angels are there to be intercessors or intermediaries for us. Not only do they carry out God's plan on earth, but our prayers, they, they bring it back up to heaven's gates. And when we cry out, it's like it could come up, it comes kind of straight, God, God hears it. But at the same time, like they, have the, they are the intermediary intercessories for us. And they do God's will on earth as well. So... They said, and now unto the holy ones of heaven, the souls of men make their petition. So they're saying the souls of men are crying out. That's what the angels are saying. And they, um, they're saying to bring the cause before the most high. And they said to the Lord of ages, the Lord of lords, the God, capital G, of gods, little g, the king, capital K, of kings, little kings, and the God of ages. Okay, they said, the throne of your glory endures through all the generations of the ages, and your name, holy and glorious and blessed to the ages. They said, you have made all things, and you have power over all things, and all things are revealed and opened in your sight. And you see all things, and nothing can hide itself from you. Look at what Azazel has done, who hath taught all unrighteousness on earth and revealed the eternal secrets which were made and kept in heaven, which men were striving to learn. See, men were striving, meaning when they were ready, it's very similar to the tree of life and the fruit of the tree from knowledge of good and evil. They were striving, Adam and Eve, to get there. They were not ready yet. It's just like you get a child a bike, you put them on training wheels. They're striving to learn to get off the training wheels. Hello, somebody. Then after a while, me, it went from two training wheels to one training wheel. So even if you couldn't have both the support, you know at least you always had that one side you could lean on and get that support to kind of balance back when you didn't feel right. And then eventually you learn how to just ride the bike, right? You strive to learn. So when you was ready to ride the bike, nobody just gives a child who has not ridden a bike. I mean, that's crazy. Usually you try with the training wheels. I don't know what they're doing today. In my day, they were training wheels. And they said, and Sam Jaza, who taught spells, to whom you gave authority to rule over his associates. You see, so, see now he's saying, he said, Sam Jaza taught spells, and this is the person you had given authority to rule over his associates. Meaning, that's why I said all the ones that are named, just like they have Michael, Uriel, Raphael, and Gabriel on the Lord's side, you know a lot, you know like a few of, uh, there's a lot of them, but you know a few of their names, like the really mighty ones, and you know Yeshua name. It's the same thing with this. 
He said, you, this one was given authority to do this and he's doing all this. And they have gone to the daughters of men on the earth and have had sex with the women and have defiled themselves and revealed to them all kind of sin. To the women, they revealed all kind of stuff that's known as today as witchcraft. Okay. And the women have worn giants and the whole earth has thereby been filled with blood and unrighteousness. And now behold... The souls of those who have died are crying out and making their petition to the gates of heaven and their lament has ascended and cannot cease because of the lawlessness and the lawless deeds which are done on the earth. Now, this further proves that heaven is not here yet. So everybody that's dying to say well, everybody's going to heaven is just ridiculous because it's not here. It's not going to open up until the judgment. Everybody dies the first death. Um, everybody's still in the first death. I haven't even died my first death. The second death comes when you all have been resurrected because we all rise again the right way. Not no pet cemetery way, the right way to be judged according to our works. And then we will be separated, the righteous on the right, the unrighteous to the left. And the ones who are on the left will suffer the second death. Okay? Even Christ suffered the first death. There is a, I don't want the second death, okay? But I'm just basically saying, then once you've thrown them, it's just like I said with the wheat and the tears. What did he say? First, you're going to take up the tears. He said, first, you're going to take up the tears. You're going to bind them, and you're going to burn them, right? He said, then after that, we're going to take the wheat, and we're going to carry them up into the barn and store them up in the barn. Yeah, well, after he cast them where he's supposed to, a new heaven is going to come down out of the sky. This is what your revelation says, okay? So that's heaven. Heaven is here on earth heaven is not in no heavenly realm there's a heavenly realm that we can't see where they are but as far as like christ ruling here on earth that's here and i'm gonna read um i gotta find the scripture where it says there's not gonna be any land or or, or i mean there's not gonna be any sea anymore because you're gonna you're not gonna need to see okay so there's gonna be more land to, to accompany those people and also there's not gonna be a sun you won't need the sun anymore because the eternal sun uh, or light will be coming from the light the light of this world and the light, the only light that's ever has been. You know what I'm saying? The son of God, so to speak. So, um, when I'm saying that, I'm saying that because you see here in 10 that they're making their petition to the gates, the, the um, souls of those who had died. Actually, in Enoch, it said that, that um, Abel's soul still cries out and makes petition at heaven's gate. They want to know um, when... When will um, the children of Cain be annihilated from this earth? And the children of Cain is another mystery. And then I wanted to um, mention in Revelation, um, the ones that will be clothed with right rows. And these are the people that are still there. They're there now. They, they go, um, the voices go around the throne and they'll say, how much longer? How much longer? So let's see. Let's take King James Version because I like that version better. Okay, so the great multitude and um, white robe. So this is Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 17. And it says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which man could number. Which, wait. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, they stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand, and cried with a loud voice, saying, <clears throat> Salvation to our God who sitteth upon the throne. Okay, and... um Let's get down to verse 13. It says, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And it said, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Okay. Now, there was another verse I wanted to pull up. Okay, and this is um, Revelation 6 and 10, and I'm going to read the King James Version about these white robes, because those are the people at the white robes in the end who's going to be there, and they're going to be outnumbered, but I mean, numbers is a, that you can't hardly ever 
have a um, number. So in Revelation 6 and 10, it says, um, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them on the earth? So all the generations of the earth, the people who have died the wrong way, especially in the name of the Most High, these souls still cry. Now, they're not lamentating in pain, but at the same time, they know that God's going to promise justice, and they're like, where is this justice going to be? So I'm just saying, if you didn't want to believe that that's going on or Abel's going on or what they're saying here, it's also in your Bible and Revelation. And um, in verse 11, it says that white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest. Just rest. Meaning, like, probably as soon as they pass, they probably say it. Just lay down. Rest. That's why I say rest in peace. Rest for a little season. Until your fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. You understand? Meaning that this is going to be a large group of people going to fall into this this um, people that, that have been um, killed either by Rome. Uh, people who have died in Egypt. All, all the people that died in the name of the Messiah or died for naught, for nothing. You know what I'm saying? And maybe justice wasn't carried on on earth, or maybe it was, but they still didn't get justice from the most high. Okay? Because something went wrong. Look at Abel. Why do you think Abel would be crying out? He didn't do nothing wrong, but something went wrong. Somebody killed him. There's people out here, you know, some, some things is going wrong. They don't got no rest. So I just want to say that, to say that there is no heaven here yet. So now... It says, you you know all things that have come to pass, and you see those things. We're back in Enoch now, um, in chapter 9, verse 11. You see all the things, and you have permitted them to say nothing to us about these things. What are we to do about them in these things? Then said the Most High, the Great One and Holy One, Uriel, Uriel, go to the son of Lamech. Say to him, go to Noah, um, hide yourself. And reveal and tell him, hide yourself and reveal to him the end is approaching and that the whole earth will be destroyed and a flood is about to come on the whole earth and will destroy everything on it. I'll read that again. Chapter 10. Then the Most High, the Great and Holy One said, Uriel, go to the son of Lamech. The son of Lamech is Noah. He said, tell him in my name. Hide yourself and reveal to him the end that is approaching, that the whole earth will be destroyed and a flood is about to come on the whole earth and will destroy everything on it. This is the book of Enoch. Okay, this is the, this is what you don't understand. So what it broke down was what I said in the previous episode. I'm just going to make this a part two of the first one. I started today. I just came with something brief, but we might as well just make this a part two. So this is what I was basically saying concerning um how. The generations of Noah didn't necessarily have anything to do with the fact like, oh, out of the people, all of my people, all of my people who was born with me in the 80s of my generation, I'm the only one that's good as far as good and do right. And I don't do bad things to people. No, it was good or perfect in a sense of, like I told you, generations or genes. And when you're talking about genes, you're talking about genealogy. And I just want to bring back up because I do have it. I brought it up in the last episode that um, genes... In the Hebrew, the original word for that was tol toledal, T-O-L-E-D-O-W. And in the Strong's Concordance, it's H-8435. And when you look that up, it says that generations, and what they meant in that verse is descent, family history, birth generations, genealogical registration, genealogies, generations, and order of their birth, meaning that could still be traced back to God that have, whose bloodline was pure and could be used to repopulate the earth. Now you understand, you know, what, what was going on and what happened. And so in um, verse 3, it says, And now instruct him as to what he must do to escape his, or to escape that his offspring may be preserved, that his offspring may be preserved for all the generations of the world. And again, the Lord said to Raphael, bind Azazel hand and foot and cast him into the darkness and split open the desert, which is in Dudael and cast him in. Now they say Dudael is between modern day Egypt and Mount Sinai. But that's why I keep trying to say these, these, these things, they don't, they get casted into the earth. Nobody knows how deep the center of the earth is, just like nobody knows the exact depth depth or the um how deep the ocean floor is because it all varies depending on but nobody knows, you know. So these things are supposed to be bind right here. That's why there's there is a bottomless pit. 
and says, and fill the hole by covering him with rough and jagged rocks and cover him with darkness and let him live there forever and cover his face that he may not see the light. And on the great day of judgment, he shall be hurled into the fire. Okay. Then it says, and heal the earth, which the, which the angels have ruined and proclaim the healing of the earth for I will, I will restore the earth and heal the plague. The plague would be the one of the, um, epidemic of these fallen angels pet cemetery just, just just imagine pet cemetery all around you your neighbors was all put in the ground and they came out like this <laughs> you know what I'm saying and then the animals too and not only that somebody was mixing they started mixing with the animals on some satanic mind stuff to start creating their own they started to play god so to speak now let's create our own type of animals let's make let's put a fish and a bird together let's put a dog in a you know like all kind of weird stuff that just makes absolutely no sense so he said he's going to heal it. And then he said, um, he said that all the children of men may perish through the secret things that the watcher have disclosed and taught their sons. And that's why, because they taught them things that ended up not only, I'm sorry, that not only helped them to take each other out. So basically it's like they gave them weapons and things and things to make them jealous and take each other out through wickedness. But they also, they turned on them and started um, doing thing as well. So to Gabriel in first night, he said, proceed against the bastards. Now the bastards, he's talking about the children of the giants, which were called the Nephilim, which I mentioned in the previous episode. So proceed against the bastards and the reprobates and against the children of fornication and destroy the children of fornication and the children of the watchers cause them to for cause cause them to go against one another. See now causing them to go once against one another is a fair and just thing for him to say because he caused mankind to go one another. And he said cause them to go one against one another that they may destroy each other in battle short in their days. Okay. Okay. Now let's see. It says, and the Lord said to Michael, take Sam Jazza. Because remember, it was like three or four of the well-named are infamous evil um, demons that taught these women these things. It was about four or three to four of them that specifically handed out this information. He asked that one be bounded again. Because they were associated with, with women and have defiled themselves in all uncleanliness. So they said, when their sons have slain one another and they have seen the destruction of their beloved ones, bind them fast for 70 generations under the hills of the earth until the day of consummation of their judgment and until the eternal judgment is accomplished. Okay. Now. 70 generations of 500 years because before in the previous in the previous verse it did say no request that the watchers their fathers make of you shall be granted them on their behalf for the for they hope to live an eternal life and that each one of them will live 500 years so basically he's saying and as you to you the angels if they ever make any requests to you they're done with us they locked out don't grant nothing to them and they said if they want to live forever they said um they, if they want to live in the left and that each of them will have uh, 500 years. But the author says 70 generations of them being bounded up is 70 generations um, by five years, which by 500 years, which comes up to 35,000 years. So, you know, who knows how much time has passed since that time? I don't know. Who knows? That's what the author's note says. It could be wrong. So <clears throat> it says, um, but pretty much it pretty much says bind them under the ground, like the bottom of slip pit under the hills of the earth and leave them there until the day of judgment. And then that's, that's what it says. And I told you after God um, puts his remnant to the side, he's going to, um, <laughs> there's going to be an angel that comes out with a key. He's going to open up the bottomless pit. It's going to be of, of dark ecliptic type of smoke that comes and blackens the sky. And then like these locusts, demonic, they look so ugly. I mean, like. Uh, predator has nothing on them and like alien like they look like nastiest the nastiest things and they're gonna come out and these is dumb that's been bound in in chains and they physically there their children are in a spiritual form because the one they died but their spirits cannot be received to heaven and they cannot be received um and necessarily into hell just yet i mean they're gonna suffer with them but at the same time they're like wanderers <clears throat> on this earth I'm just trying to skip to see what else I wanted to do. 
Yeah, and it just goes on. And then in verse 13, you have Enoch speaking to the watchers. It says, Azazel, you shall have no peace. A severe sentence has been passed against you. And then that's when they started to realize what they did. Now, I wanted to read something. I did want to read something that I didn't read. I wanted to read to you exactly what they said. And Enoch, it shows you like exactly like the dialogue that went down when they conspired to do this thing. I believe it was probably verse 6. Ah, yeah. All right, so it says, and the angels, this is chapter 6. It's funny because in chapter 6 of Genesis, it's about the same thing. But it says, and it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days were born to them beautiful and fair daughters. And the angels, the sons of heaven, saw and lusted after them and said to one another, come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men and have children with them. Okay. And their leader, um, they said, said to them, I fear you will not agree to do this deed. Like, how do I know that y'all going to really do this with me? It's the same thing I said. They know they're not supposed to. It's just like City of Angels with um, Nicolas Cage. He knew he wasn't supposed to. He weighed the pros and cons beforehand. But when they all said, yeah, yeah, sure, we're going to do it. He said, you know, um, I fear you will not agree to do this deed. He said, and that I alone will have to pay the penalty of this great sin. Hello, I told you the authors or the, the originators of Misery Loves Company is this people or this group or party right here. As a matter of fact, he basically said, I know that I'm going to get it punished and you also you're going to come do it with me. But I fear that I alone shall have to pay the penalty of this great sin. Why do I have to suffer by myself? Come with me. So if he wanted the rest of his them to, to, to keep their oath and come with him, you don't think he tricks up people today by having them sell their souls? The devil doesn't have people to have them sell their souls to make sure that they come with him. That's all it's all about. You look, look, look at him. The drag drag me back to hell. You ever see them things where it's like Jason goes to hell and all that? They ever something comes from the ground and drags them down. Like you're gonna come to hell, or people are like I'll see you in hell. It's like what? No, you you going to hell? You going by yourself? You ain't dragging me into that. Going hell by your daggone self. So it says, and you had children with them, and then they said, and Sam Jazza. Um, said, but oh yeah, and he said, and they all answered him and said, they all answered him. The others that were there with him said, let us all swear an oath. And all bind ourselves by mutual curses, so we will not abandon this plan, but to do this thing. Then they all swore together and bound themselves by mutual curses. You see how I say mutual curses? It says it right there in verse 5. And they all answered him and said, let us all swear an oath and all bind ourselves by mutual curses. We're going to bind ourselves by who? Who agrees to this? Okay. And they know better than us that curses is real. It's pretty sad. Okay, so we will not abandon this plan, but do this thing. Then we, or then they all swore together and bound themselves by mutual curses. And they um, descended in the days of um, Jared on Mount Hermon, which is known. That's where they met at. And um, mutual curses. Okay. Mm -mm -mm -mm. They bound by they bound themselves by mutual curses, but then I also read in the pre another episode how um they had regretted it and they tried to ask Enoch to make petition for them, but God was like no, ain't having it. And so I wanted to talk about let me see, even in the so if you don't believe, let's go to uh, the Bible and talk about how the angels left by choice. Oh. Bear with me. Uh, okay, Jude 6 and the 1 King James Version. Let me get my Bible. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Jude is one of those really, really, really short books all the way at the end of the Bible. Or really close to the end. Let's see. I started, I have to go over my books again. Like, I always have a good ear. I used to know them like the back of my hand. But now I'm like, you still got to learn the ones that aren't even in there anymore. You know what I mean? All right, so let's see. Jude 
6. It says, in Jig, Jude 6 and 1, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. Okay. Again, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation by choice, because we are free will creatures. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. <clears throat> and Enoch, I love Enoch. The book of Enoch really goes into it because it, this is really for, this whole book is all meant for the uh, last days. The Enoch book uh, fascinates people like NASA and stuff because he talks about things like black holes and worms and wormholes and a lot of things in science that the Lord showed him that how would you have known? You would have, it's a, they supposedly they didn't find out till later, so it's a, but they still will try to tell you stay away from it for obvious reasons. I mean, nobody goes through all this trouble to manipulate a book if everything in it was like, you know, harmless for you to know and there wasn't something in it. Think about it. When you hide things or you don't want to get caught doing something because you don't want somebody to know something for a reason right i mean for, obviously it might be beneficial for that person it might be bad for you because you don't want them to know something but at the same time if when somebody's hiding something for you there's a reason why it's not always just because they didn't want to hurt your feelings okay so the demonic experience and the offsprings that's what i want to talk about so first eight this talks about what happens to this is chapter 15 in the book of enoch and it talks about what's going to happen to the evil spirits or the giants offspring so it says and now the giants who are produced from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits on the earth so the giants who are produced by spirits fallen angels and flesh earthly women shall be called evil spirits on earth and shall live on earth see didn't i say that before they'll live on earth Evil spirits have come out of their bodies because they are born from men and from the holy watchers. Their beginning is of primal origin. You understand? They're wicked. 10. They shall be evil spirits on the earth and evil spirits shall they be called spirits of the evil ones. As for the spirits of heaven, that would be you, I, those of us who are actually born of God, of, of with a Holy Spirit inside, you know what I'm saying? With, with that kind of godly energy that God created us and designed us and thought of us before the beginning and said he, we're, he's going to put us here. Like we're actually the seed and, we could, and our bloodlines can be traced back to um, Adam who can be traced back to God. As for us spirits... Um, it says, in heaven shall be our dwelling if we want it, if we strive for it. But as for the spirits of the earth. So understand, you see how they be like, you see how they be like, oh, some people are so down to earth. You, you have to understand what he's saying is coming from. Who is so down to earth? Who is so down to earth? What do you think he's talking about? Huh? What you, what, you know, Mother earth is one thing. When somebody say you down to earth, what does that usually mean? You down with the get down. You get down with all this other thing. Why you got to be, why you got to be a, be a, why does it have to be related to earth? Okay, so the spirits of the earth, which were born on the earth, because a spirit, a spirit, when it's, when a mother is pregnant and she have a baby in a womb, there's a spirit that was assigned before the pregnancy and during the consummation of the pregnancy or, the, or whatever the pregnancy, there was a spirit that was already assigned. And then the Lord said, well, we're going to create a body. We're going to put the body maybe in this woman. We're going to create it through this woman. We're going to use this woman here. Okay, but there was a spirit that he had. The spirit was before the actual body he put that spirit he made that spirit a clean spirit from him essence and he put it in that womb in that body and it developed that's what they mean born born um from heaven okay and the spirits of giants afflict the spirits of giants oppress they destroy attack war destroy and cause trouble on earth yeah, not God, you know, and even those spirits and, and even the angels, like I said, they have free will. I don't know why people believe God so much for all these. If you read your Bible, you understand, you know, you understand what's going on. It's not that God's not here. It's not that he's not working. It's a bigger picture going on at the end of the day than, um, than people just shine up all day, all day long. I'm blessed and highly favored. Yeah, that's wonderful. 
But the Lord ain't have 40 prophets go through 1,500 years of prophecy just so you could just keep shouting your favorite scriptures out when you feel sad. It's selfish because people really just use God to help themselves feel better and, and to help themselves believe that they're going to get all these materialistic things or they really pray more when they need things. It's really nasty. You know, some people really just use it to to to, to really uh, play other people and be like, well, you're not here because, you know, God don't favor you. It's, they really twist the word up and God ain't that is that is the last thing that he wants you to just remember and even if that was the case he would he could have just put all that in a pamphlet honey or a flyer you know what I'm saying like he didn't have to go through all this trouble so yeah the spirits um will be evil spirits of from and like I said the spirits of heaven the ones that God placed and ordained before he puts the spirit into the body that's in the mother's womb um, though, and then, like I said, there are spirits of the earth which were born on the earth, and they're not talking about the spirit. Meaning, when it was born out the woman's womb, they're meaning the spirit, the spirit, because the spirit is before the body. Anything, anything that's born without a spirit is already dead and soulless, which is them clone dogs in China. This is that false resurrection. There's a lot of dead shit walking around out here. That's what I'm pretty much trying to tell somebody. Excuse my language, but that's what it is. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Now, I wanted to also say that a lot of these uh, fallens um, are in the 13 bloodlines. I wanted to tell you that a lot of these um, fallen, well, you, you know, you know, stars, stars is a term for a fallen angel. And they use celebrity term to call them stars. And, you know, um, celebrities are idols and people worship them. We're going to talk about celebrities and how they play a role. We already talked about the governments and stuff. But when we get into that, the music industry and Satanism. How you got to sell your soul. That's a fact. You know what I mean? We're going to talk about um the blood oaths that they take. We'll get to that in a, in a little while. But, you know, rich, everybody want to be rich. I want everybody to think twice about that. Because remember, the first is going to be, the first is going to be last and the last is going to be first. And then you got to remember, there was always that joke that said, um the guy said, well, well if you had to go to heaven, what do you want to bring with you? And he was like, um I'd bring, I'd bring, um, I bring a gold brick with me or I bring gold with me to heaven. And then I think the angel, somebody said, you'd, you'd bring pavement to heaven. Pavement, meaning like the pavement in heaven is paved in gold. You know, natural resources of this earth, gold, diamonds, rubies, everything you need from gas to oil, is a natural resource that's in this earth. What do you think God's kingdom going to be made of um, man-made material? You think it's going to be made of, you know what I mean? Like some of you are chasing off the, all the wrong things. And there's some rich people out here, they're not happy. I mean, they look, they act happy, whatever, but they are not happy. And the Bible says um, that it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it would be for a rich man to enter the hate gates of heaven because um, a lot of rich people, as they get rich, they change. I don't know nobody that starts to get money after a certain type of time that doesn't necessarily have to start changing even the people that they're around who start to shut off their old friends and their old families because they're in this country club now and, like, this is a certain look and a certain way to be or if it's like you're going to rub off on them coming from your background or they're going to rub off on you. And usually the elite society things because, you know, you don't want to be banned at this country club. You don't want to be shamed. You don't want to be, you know, you, you basically tasted this lifestyle. You don't want to be kicked out of it or be pushed back. So you kind of go along to get along. So that's a Nephilim um, that I want to talk about, about part two. I might do a part three, but I pretty much think that's it because I... did say a lot in the beginning but I did want to close out with this this was the part that I didn't get to put in the first one that I felt might be really really long and then maybe somebody would not have the patience to sit through it and I don't want the messages um to be lost so this is part two it's now what six twenty-four in the morning the night went by really quick it's still seven Shabbat I'm going to take a break and get back into it and I will be back a little later thank you for listening thank you for your support I truly appreciate you